Hello and welcome to Sidelight, the technology podcast from Edelman. I'm Maya Antonichelko and the focus of today's show is hybrid working. We're working much more fluidly nowadays and if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we can take advantage of working in different locations depending on the task at hand. Later in the show, I'll be speaking to two people with different needs and expectations to find out how they are navigating the world of hybrid work. But first, we're speaking to a man who's creating ways to get us working more comfortably wherever we are. Dave Prezano is the UK and Ireland MD of HP, and he's in conversation with Edelman Tech's UK MD, Jerry Wisniewski. nice to have you on the, the Sideload podcast um, this week so thank you very much for your time. So this is a really interesting time for hybrid working. Uh, it's been talked about in the industry, the world of work <laughs> for a very long um, period of time um, and we've been talking about it even more during the pandemic but now that we're returning to the office won't we just be in danger of reverting back to desk work like we used to? Oh, well, hi, Jerry. First, before I, I take that question, let me just say thanks uh, for the invitation. It's great to be here with you. Um, and I think it is a good question because as now, um, as we know, we are returning to the office. Um, and and I guess the, the thinking might be, will we just revert to the old habits that we, the work habits that we were, you know, um, exhibiting in the past? And I would say our point of view, our strong point of view on this is that hybrid work is definitely here to stay because, you mentioned the pandemic. I think during the pandemic, um, new working patterns were created and, and we strongly believe these are permanent. Um, in fact, we've done lots of surveys and there's many surveys out in the market um, that would, would suggest that at least 50% of people will work either partially or exclusively from home going forward. So some people will rarely come into the office um, or maybe never. And some people will come in just periodically, like you know once or twice per week. So we, we think that is going to be an ongoing um, change that is permanent. And the reason for this is because both kind of all the key stakeholders see the benefits of hybrid work. If you look at employees, about um, 85% of employees want a, ha- a hybrid approach to work because they see the benefits associated with it. If you think about, I mean, personally, for instance, I've talked to many people and they like the idea of instead of commuting to work in the morning, they're going to the gym and working out or they're spending more time with their children um, before school, those sorts of things. So I think they see the benefits personally. And I think, frankly, the employers see benefits too. Um, again, based on the research, 89% of European companies are planning on having a hybrid workforce post-pandemic. Um, this is, there's a few reasons for this, I think. One is the, you know, the idea of kind of finding talent wherever it happens to be. I mean, this is kind of a liberating idea. It used to be that in many cases, you would you would say this role needs to be done in the office. And now we all know that that is true um, for very, very few roles. So many roles um, we never thought could be effective at home. And in fact, they are effective at home because we've had to do it over the last two years. So the idea of, of saying, gosh, I, I found a great talent someplace, even if that person happens to be um, quite remote, it's the idea that you could bring in that talent is, is, is kind of liberating. I think also employers see 
see benefits financially. I mean, I think they see this new way of working um, is creating new uh, patterns of people coming into the office. And in fact, what people do in the office is quite different now. So they can reimagine their real estate footprint. And so for, for us at HP, for instance, we're, we're kind of reimagining the experience of our offices in terms of what the sorts of things that people do in the office. Um, and in some cases, that means a change in layout. In some cases, it means a smaller layout. And I think a lot of other companies are thinking through this. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, I think, I don't, I don't anticipate things are going to go back to the way they were. Well, it sounds exciting. So it will meet somewhere in the middle, um, I, I imagine. Um, but where, whereabouts in the middle may, be, may depend on which industry you're in, which sector, where you're based. But what have you been doing with your own colleagues at HP to make hybrid working work for them? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think you're right, by the way. I do think it varies a little bit by, by company. Um, I would say, I mean, for, for our focus is essentially um, on making hybrid work accessible for everybody at HP. And, and of course, we, we, we also envision this for our customers as well. But I mentioned, I mentioned offices first and foremost. We're re reimagining what these should look like because I think what people... But what we learned during the pandemic is that sort of heads down work could be done effectively at home. You know, there's really if you're going to if you're going to work independently, there's really no benefit to going into the office. And in fact, there may be some negatives associated with that. But what people really missed and you could probably, um, you know, sort of empathize with this. It was was this this idea of collaboration. You know, if you if you're if you want to whiteboard something, if you want to get up and workshop something, it's really hard to do that virtually. So. So people were missing that. And so what we, the way we think about our offices going forward is really um, how do we create less kind of independent workspace like uh, cubicles and desks and things like that and more collaboration spaces where people can get together and whiteboard and work on, on innovation and, and collaboration. I think the other things that we've been doing in terms of the, the home side of things is really deploying a purpose-built HP technology um, that's really um, geared for for the new world of hybrid work. So, you know, in the old days, we used to give people a laptop if they were in sales because they might be traveling, working from an airplane, working from home periodically. But now, it's really like how do you how do you seamlessly work between the office and home? Um, and and you might you might spend ten or twelve hours in front of your computer um, at home. So you need the right monitor, you need the right personal computer, you need peripherals such as an external headset and a microphone and a printer and things like that. So we're deploying all that stuff to our, 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 our people, whether they're in sales or not, frankly. We also put together a reimbursement program uh, for our people so that they could get the tools they need to work from home, even if it's not HP technology. So think of a desk, a comfortable chair to work in, um, a high-quality internet router, a paper shredder, those sorts of things. Um, and then lastly, and probably more importantly, is we really are thinking about our culture, because if you can imagine, I mean, well, I I I came to work here um, in the UK. I moved from the US ten months ago. I mean, really, I didn't get an opportunity to meet people face to face. In some cases, even now, I haven't met all of my staff face to face because I've got a, a, t a team that crosses many countries. So, so how do you create a, a really? Uh, how do you have the right kind of culture to have a productive work environment in that situation? And for for HP, what we did is we really leaned in on what we call it at HP impact networks. And these are these are groups of like-minded people that get together and really start to develop uh, kind of the connective tissue around building a network inside of a company. 
So um, during the course of the pandemic, we created four of these. We have a women's impact network, a multicultural impact network, a pride network for LGBTQ plus uh, employees and allies, and a young employee network. And so anyone can join these networks. They, they get together um, and it's really helps to build those networks so that, so, so that, you know, I mean, I've, I've been at HP for 22 years now. So I have generally a pretty good idea of how to get things done at the company. I know who to call and what to do. If I'm just joining a company, a young employee, I don't, I don't have that network. I don't know who to call and what to do under certain circumstances. So you, it's so important, especially in this hybrid world that we, we create these networks so that people can reach out to somebody. They can't just tap someone on the shoulder because they may be working alone in their home. So how do we create a network where they can, they can actually uh, reach out to people, uh, figure out how to, how to do things, um, figure out how to be productive. And so it's, it's really important. In fact, we had two cohorts of interns actually join during the pandemic. So we, we have interns that join HP for 13 months. Um, and we had approximately 30 interns in each cohort. None of them ever actually came into the office. Quite amazing. So we had to really think purposefully about our culture and how to, how to make sure that, there, there were, that we were building these networks, even, even when people couldn't be face to face. So the way the way you've talked through that um, sounds very thoughtful. Obviously, thinking about the the spaces themselves, the tools you use, the culture, creating creating proper communities that live beyond a physical space, but also uh, into the digital sphere as well. So I, th I think it was really interesting. We ourselves um, in our team and the tech team in London had um, a few cohorts of uh, entry level joiners, and we also had to think about how coaching and training is different in this new hybrid model um, but um one of the things um that i also find really interesting personally is thinking about um how this environment might affect you know people of different backgrounds and there's been some media coverage of the fact that hybrid working might disadvantage certain groups um, potentially women with children or those with caring responsibilities, um, minorities, those with disabilities, um, creating maybe in-groups and out-groups. Yeah. How do you think employers should be thinking about this? Well, it's, it's such an important point, I think, um, and it's, it's a really good one. And again, I've seen, um, I've seen some data that suggests that some people are thriving in this world of hybrid work, yes, and, and many of them are business leaders, and then yet some more younger employees, um, and as you say, perhaps diverse employees are actually struggling. So I think the first step here is is being aware that not everyone has the same experience as you. You know, I mean, if I take myself as an example, you know, I I, I have three children, but they're all grown and they're they're in university, so I don't have the I don't have the 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 issue of of having to you know um, kind of look after small children in in the you know when I'm working from home. So so from so for me, it's not been terribly challenging. You know, I've got the right technology. I've got a dedicated workspace. I shouldn't just assume that everyone has that same approach, right? Or has those same benefits. So I think being being really thoughtful and aware of that first and foremost is important. And and we really again believe that that no one should be left behind in hybrid work, and that everyone deserves to thrive and really be heard. And so we're actually deploying. Uh, you know, I've, I've, we've, I've talked about, of course, what we're doing culturally, but at, at HP, we've developed purpose-built technology for 
for uh, the hybrid work world because there is this risk that I guess what we would say is the loud could get louder and the quiet could get quieter. Because you think about these mm-hmm. meetings now that happen inside of a company, many of them um, are are going to be hybrid, meaning some people will be in the office and will be in a conference room together. And some people will be dialing in remotely or connecting remotely um, through through conferencing tools. So I think the risk here is that the people in the room dominate that conversation. I mean, you think about the old the old way of conferencing in an, in, an, in an office where there was like one microphone. And, you know, if you were close to the microphone, you could be heard. If you were far from the microphone, you wouldn't be heard. There's conversation perhaps happening in the room that people who are on the phone weren't picking up on. So you're, you're like not participating all the way in the meeting. Uh, maybe you've got something going on at home around you. You know, again, you're, you're helping your, 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 your children get online so they can do their classwork or there's a dog barking in the background or something. So it's really, there, there could be these haves and have nots in this, in this world. So we, we are designing tools to really level that playing field, uh, Jerry. So we, we just announced a product called HP Presence, uh, for instance. And this is, this is a conferencing um, platform that really will help level the playing field between the people that are in person and the people that are remote. And we're just doing little things. I don't want to get into the technology, but we, we have something called HP AutoFrame. So what it does is it actually just follows you when you, as you're in the room. So meaning if I'm in my home office or I'm sitting at home and I stand up and, and walk away from my PC, for instance, Instead of, instead of the monitor or instead of the camera capturing my midsection, it actually pans and follows me and follows my face. So, cause it's unnatural, frankly, to sit in front of your computer for 10 hours in a row. So, so these are, these are ways where, where people can kind of get up and do the things that they need to do and still participate in the meeting. We're having dynamic voice leveling so that if you're, if you're loud, maybe we'll reduce your, the volume of your voice. And if you're quiet, we'll actually increase it again, to sort of level that playing field. And then we're doing things like uh, rolling out AI-based noise reduction. So again, if something were to happen in the background during a virtual meeting, um, the, the noise redu- reduction would essentially eliminate that. Um, so mm. the meeting could continue. So I think I think it's it's really critical. And you, you had talked about, you know, that potentially it's, it's women, uh, disabilities, minorities. This is... Um, these are the people, you know, many companies are, are, are focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. These are the voices that we need to get heard probably more than anybody, right? Because I think all companies want the, the inside of their company to look like the outside of the company in terms of the markets that they serve. So they want more diversity inside. And when you have diversity, when you have these different life experiences, you get these diverse points of view. And the risk is if you're, if you're diverse employees, if you're female um, um, employees, are, are not participating because of hybrid work, you're just missing all the benefits of diversity. So it's super, super important um, in this day and age to make sure that you can have the most inclusive uh, hybrid work environment you can get. Thanks, Dave. I, I, I love that you're talking about some innovative technology solutions to some of these challenges that people face. And, that, and immediately I'm, I'm going, yes to all of them because they sound they sound like exactly the kinds of things which seem small but have actually have quite significant impact on people and i think as well as the technology solutions you know even small things like remembering to ask people who might be quieter questions and you know so that they they have a platform for which to you know speak 
Um, also thinking thoughtfully about things like agendas before meetings so that people can prepare thoughtfully as well. All these things combined with those tech innovations will make a real difference to people. So that's really, truly exciting. Totally agree. Um, I've got one final question to end on, hopefully a high. What does the future look like? Will we be working in the metaverse in the future in the hybrid world of work? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts about where this is all going? Oh, well, it's, it is really interesting, actually. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're watching the metaverse very closely. You know, this is a, a definitely an evolving space. I mean, some people can't even agree what the metaverse actually is. But, but I think, I mean, given our leadership, I mean, think about our portfolio. Um, if you think just about personal systems, for instance, we're extremely strong in both commercial and consumer personal systems. And so, and we've been making investments that we feel uh, position us really, really well for the future in terms of the metaverse. So, um, because we are so focused on improving these experiences that people um, have in their lives. So if you think about on the consumer side, you know, we're very strong in the gaming world and gaming personal personal systems. Um, and, and obviously people want these immersive experiences. So we're investing significantly in peripherals, for instance. So how do I, how do I make sure I've got the best headset, the best microphone, the, the best PC with the best connectivity so I can really be, feel like I'm really there? How do, I, how do I have the right AR and VR technology so I can really feel like I'm immersed in, in, in what, I'm, what I'm involved with from a personal perspective? We're even deploying services actually that will help people tune their equipment to, to, so it works most effectively um, online. That, that's on the consumer side and the commercial side. I think there's there's a tons of applications. I mean, I think we, we think of sometimes of metaverses as, as consumer oriented, but I think there's huge opportunities commercially. If you, again, relative to the hybrid world, because you think about, you know, how do I how do I train a remote field engineer to service industrial equipment? You know, if I can't get them into the office or into a training facility in another country, you know, you, you what you do is you you send them a VR headset. And you you let them practice virtually. I mean, we're literally doing this. I've seen the technology; it's quite amazing. Because HP makes some some very large industrial printing equipment, for instance. And so, yeah, we're actually training our engineers um, through AR and VR technology, uh, so they can they can get up to speed on on how to repair the equipment virtually. So it's it's really this is like the tip of the iceberg for me in terms of what the opportunities are. And then more broadly, I would say, kind of just beyond. Um, personal computing, I think HP's just really experienced with this convergence and kind of moving back and forth between the physical and the digital worlds. I mean, if you think about just something, I mean, one of our older core businesses, but still really very relevant today is print. I mean, print allows you to move from digital to physical and, and back, frankly, with, with, with capture technology. Um, but also if you think, you know, maybe more recently, think about our digital manufacturing business with 3D printing, uh, personalization, these sorts of things where you know, how do I, how do I kind of blend, get the right blend between sort of the digital world, like my digital ideas, this creation that we do digitally, but also kind of get, you know, get the, the interaction with the physical world. And so being able to sort of 3D print uh, an object, be able to sort of print my own, my own photo book that's personalized for me. I mean, this is sort of like this, this combination of physical and digital is an area that, that we're very strong in. And we're, we're, um, you know, I'd say, um, ambitious about the future. 
Well, Dave, you're blowing my mind with some of the stuff that you think is going to be coming. Um, I think it's super exciting. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today. I wish we had more time, um, but I hope we can do this again another time soon. So thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Jerry. I really enjoyed it. Still to come, we hear a couple of first-hand experiences of hybrid work and find out whether it's all it's cracked up to be. But first, we're going to check out a tiny snippet from the last episode of Sideload, where we were talking about the metaverse. Yeah, I mean, I think the kind of if one goes to a very high level here, the sort of fundamental transition is that computing used to be sort of interesting and exciting, but very small and most people weren't doing it. It was, you know, and people would say, I'm not computer literate and shrug. Whereas what's happened in the last sort of 10 or 15 years is that this has become absolutely universal and a basic part of pop culture, a basic part of everybody's life. And so whether it's VR or AR or just smartphones, um, kind of a big part of the direction of travel is the expansion of every part of kind of media and entertainment and popular culture into digital, whether that's metaverse or AR or NFTs or something else. Um, but, you know, the idea of, you know, Bulgari selling anything on the internet 10 years ago would have been almost unimaginable. Now it's sort of perfectly natural and normal that they see this as part of the way that they, t- they talk to their customer because, you know, the Balenciaga customer is online with a smartphone now and willing to buy digital goods in some way and thinking about self-expression in a digital form in some way. And, you know, that may or may not be NFTs, it may or may not be metaverse, but it, but that point of self-expression, that I don't think, that I think is beyond question. So you're listening to Sideload and today we're talking about hybrid work. Right now, I'm joined by two people who will guide us through their very different experiences of hybrid work. Roseanne Perry is Head of Client Services and Operations in Edelman, London's Corporate Affairs Practice. Roseanne has been in agency life for over 15 years and has been at Edelman for over seven. She was out on mat leave when the pandemic began, but has since returned to work to look after both clients and teams, helping the agency think through what our interpretations of hybrid working look like. I'm also joined by Jack Chalk, who is part of Edelman Open, the company's scheme to get new talent through the door. Jack joined Edelman two months ago and came from a business administration role, having decided to take a career change. Jack has had an unusual onboarding experience. With lockdowns fluctuating, Jack joined the company fully remotely and is now entering the world of hybrid for the first time. So, Jack, not everybody's experience of office work throughout this pandemic has been the same. Some of us have had more face-to-face time than others due to changing rules and restrictions. And I think I'm right in saying that you've had quite an unusual experience in that you joined when the company was operating remotely. So what's that been like for you? And do you think that might have disadvantaged you in any way? You know what? It's actually been much smoother than I anticipated. Um, I think Edelman clearly put a lot of thought into and consideration into their remote onboarding. So practically from the moment that we started, we felt very supported. Um, All of our meetings and agendas for the first week were completely mapped out for us, um, along with training on how to use all the tech. So we rarely really had any issues. But if there was any issues, there was always someone on call that would be happy to assist us. I wouldn't say that there's really been a disadvantage. I feel like if anything, it 
it's kind of prepared us for what I feel could possibly possibly be the new normal. Um, in my opinion, hybrid working appears to be here to stay. So I feel that if anything, I've just got a better understanding of how to navigate remote working and still perform my job the best that I possibly can. Roseanne, you've had a long and impressive career and now sit as head of client services and ops in the Edelman London office. So I wondered if you could just chat us through what your experience of the office was like pre-pandemic, you know, given that you've kind of had experience of both models. So wondering if you find the hybrid model works better for you and, and could you possibly compare your experience now and five years ago? Uh, Well, pre-pandemic, I loved the office. Uh, I enjoyed the atmosphere, seeing all of my colleagues and just the collective energy of everyone being together in one place. I feel like you absorbed so much information on a daily basis and helped each other kind of solve problems and maybe shortcut to a better outcome um, or a faster solution. Um, Pre-pandemic, I very rarely worked from home unless it was kind of late in the evening or a weekend. Um, There were others who did, so occasionally, but almost exclusively working mums. And that was usually only one day a week. But that being said, um, we had embraced uh, more flexible working, trying to break away from the traditional nine to five and recognise competing needs of clients, family or home life combined with the pressures of 24-7 news cycle. I think even then we were talking more about time spent in the office rather than the merits of being in the office, which is where I think we are today. My first experience of hybrid working, as you kind of said, Maya, coincided with a very specific moment in my career or life, actually. Um, I was out on maternity leave when the pandemic began. And so when I first came back, I was fully remote. That's really interesting. For me personally, yeah, for me personally, working remotely in a hybrid way has been hugely beneficial um, as I kind of adjusted, I guess, from working life and being a dependent or having a dependent, I should say. And also I was like teaching myself or relearning skills. And part of it was definitely about where I was able to do um, the work from. But a much, much bigger part of it, undoubtedly, has been the technology that has made it possible. I mean, the tech platforms like Microsoft Teams have meant you can be just as present from wherever you are in the world. But also the choice of how you keep in touch and how you do that work with clients and colleagues is so much more flexible and varied. Super. Thanks for thanks for giving that insight. And actually, I just wondered if you sort of had had contended with a nine to five in the office for so many years, did you struggle to put boundaries into place when we were operating in the virtual world? Um, especially given, you know, you had to kind of battle with the new challenges of, of, of family life at the same time. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think like reflecting on pre-pandemic, I actually spent way too much time in the office. Um, coming back, definitely kind of finding finding the new working style, things like, you know, switching on cameras and and when you needed to be fully present and actually when you were playing more of a listening role. But I found it relatively easy. And I do think that's because I just had these kind of hard stop deadlines around, you know, I had to pick up my, my son from childcare or I wasn't working that day. And so I 
from the outset knew I needed to put those kind of clear boundaries in place if I was going to last the distance in what was already quite a um, full on um, early on remote hybrid working environment. Jack, I wanted to talk to you about the social element of work. So what what's kind of your split at the moment and how many days are you going into the office and is the office somewhere that you go to meet friends or is it somewhere you go to collaborate or have downtime? Yeah, so the social element of work is very, very important for me. Um, I've been trying to go into the office from the moment that we've been allowed to go back in about a 60-40 split, 60% in the office and then still 40% working from home. Um, and yeah, that's been really, really beneficial for my mental health and even like my productivity just because being able to have that that human like physical human interaction that you get from going into the office I find that social cues are easier to read um, there is almost less complications than with the the um, work from home model but I feel like there's still lots of positives that that come with both um, so I like that it, that we're kind of combining both ways of working to like produce the best kind of results um, so, yeah, I feel like if anything, it's it's more of a positive impact on our careers than, than a negative one. That's super encouraging to hear. Um, and Roseanne, I'd love to ask you the same question, but with a slightly different take, given your lengthy experience and your current role. So I would love to know if you think the hybrid model has transformed the way we work with clients and perhaps your key takeaways from your experience of the new hybrid model that we're currently in. Yes, yes, I do think it's transformed the way we work with clients. And like Jack said, mostly for the better. I think on one level, we've managed to connect uh, in a more personal way. We've seen inside each other's homes. We've swapped stories about juggling during the pandemic. And then I think, you know, for for individuals and organisations like Edelman, where we are working across borders um, and on, on a global level, being able to see and hear and participate in regular conversations with colleagues and clients from all across the globe in a way that we just historically, we wouldn't have been able to do that for a whole variety of reasons. That, that's been brilliant um, and definitely made me feel much more part of a global organisation than I did pre-pandemic. And then I guess my own experience of, of hybrid working with clients over the last two and a half years exactly as, as Jack was saying, it feels a lot more collaborative, um, partly because of the pace that we're working these days. We kind of have to turn things around super quick and there's no time for agency to do it and then, you know, reflect and then client has a go. But I think also partly because of working through that, that really, really hard and, you know, there's still very tough elements about finding the new balance with hybrid, but working through the toughest parts of, of the pandemic, our clients have really trusted and valued our partnerships. And so I'm certainly seeing them come to us earlier, involve us more from the outset and seek out our opinion. But I guess in conclusion, and I completely agree with, with, with Jack, like whatever the future holds, hybrid working is definitely here to stay. Um, and I don't really know anyone who wants to go back to what we had five or even three years ago. So I'm really excited about where we started out, which I think, you know, we have started out pretty well uh, in the way that we've worked hybridly. And I think there's just there's more good stuff to come. 
Well, it's been absolutely fascinating listening to you both share your different experiences and actually find out that there's quite a lot in common with what we think about the future of hybrid. So Roseanne, Jack, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And also a huge thanks to Dave Prezano from HP for joining us too. And thanks to you for listening to this episode of Sideload. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player. Just search Edelman UK. And if you want to get in touch, drop us an email to sideload at edelman.com. Bye.